Take two. It's Kandashow's okay. Beetle Revolution. One, two, three, four. On iHeartRadio. Beatles Revolution number 41. Producer Andrew, we are going to take flight today. Yeah. We have not one, but two wings. That's all you need. <laughs> well, actually, you need, there are more wings in wings, but we have original drummer Denny Sywell and a uh, man who he wrote with, Paul McCartney wrote with, Denny Lane joining us. Two wings. So, so two is, I guess, the minimum. Minimum to have wings. And sometimes Lawrence Juber joins in because he's coming in a couple of weeks. He'll be part of the podcast. And when they play together, they call themselves wing nuts. I like Brilliant. that. Yeah. So one of the things I want to bring up today with the guys is Denny Lane, who just got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Remember, we spoke with him a couple of months back when he was here about going in with the Moody Blues. He sang Go Now, their first hit when it was a 60s pop group, before they became Prague and came out with Days of Future Past. And I'm so glad he's in. And that was a big part of Little Steven's force of, like, you have to have everybody there. The early days. And he's right. Early days are just as important as the new days, you know, just because the band really is defined by what came after it, it doesn't mean you didn't have a hit. You were on the map with the first song. I agree with that. You do. Do you? Yeah. I mean, without someone like Denny, the Moody Blues would never have been established. It's just like like um, Greg Raleigh in Santana. We were talking or, or um, in Journey. Excuse me. Right. Um, Journey had hits after Greg Raleigh was out of the band, but he still. He still helped find Jonathan Cain, which was a huge turning point in their career. Yeah, I wanted to continue. And and, and with um, Denny Lane, he helped find John Lodge <laughs> in the Moody Blues. Uh, we always hear stories about animosity between bands. There's always, I'll never work with that guy again. Why? What did he say? After what he said to me, what did he say? Well, I don't actually remember offhand, but I remember it was 1966, and it was pretty bad, so I'll, I haven't talked to him. It was raining. The... <laughs> yeah. Uh, my wife calls it rock and roll Alzheimer's. You forget everything except the grudges. Right. You never I, forget. I wonder if, if it, that's why we, we crave reunions so much. It's like, like with Genesis. Genesis is reunited like how many times? Three or four times yeah. already? Yeah, yep. They don't really need to reunite again, but people just like to know that everyone's cool. Yeah. And if you're not in the band together, they feel like it's not. Even though it could be, as we found out from Danny Lane, said, I've always been friends with the other guys in the Moody's, even through all the time that I was, you know, with Wings. And he said, you know, you'll find out when he said, I didn't realize that he and Paul were friends. The Moody Blues were on tour with the Beatles when they were a pop band. So they got to hang out and know each other. So now you understand when you're starting a new band, you call an old friend and go, hey, um, you want to try to screw around, grab some guitars and see what happens? That's exactly how you should start a band. Yeah. Um, other bands now, they've blown up and they're not talking, but Crosby, Stills, and Nash... Uh, Stephen still said once, look, we started as friend, as friends and friendly adversaries sometimes and competitors. He said, we realized we just don't get along, but we always got along on stage on stage. It was fine. The reason we don't tour is because what we do off stage prevents it. If there was a way for all three of us or even four with Neil just to be on stage and never talk to each other or think of each other at all without guitars in our hands, we'd be fine. We could tour and play every night. Because once we're on stage, no problems. 
musically, singing, what's the set, what should we play? Not one problem. The problem comes when you walk down those stairs. And the 22 hours that follow. <laughs> Do you, you need, uh, who, who was it who, who told this story? Oh, it was Peter Asher, who said, he, he, it was uh, Peter and Gordon. And he said, the Everleys would come on stage, one from stage left, one from stage right, and they would meet in the middle. And I always thought, that was so cool. That looks so great. We should do that. And these two parts coming together. And when we work with them, and Paul Simon said the same thing, that was so cool. How'd you guys come up with that? Because I can't stand looking at him ever. Oh, (laughs) you kind of, that's not the answer. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Because I don't want to see him. With my, I don't want him to, to to soil my eyeballs before I have to stand next to him and sing for two hours. Okay, well, that's also an answer. <laughs> but however you can get to the stage, Pete and Roger, I saw them just a couple of years ago, start the show, and Pete was going on and on about how he was sleepy and he just took a nap and he doesn't know if he feels like playing tonight. And Roger is clenching and unclenching his fist. And I'm thinking 30 more seconds. He speaks 30 more seconds. Roger is absolutely going to pop him in the kisser. And wouldn't be the first time and wouldn't be the last time. Just shut up. We're, just, we're on stage. Shut up and play a note. Shut up. Shut up. Just play. And that's how it's always been. Their, their old manager, Bill Kirbishley, used to say, they always say love-hate. He goes, it's not love-hate. It's different. It's love-anger. He goes, and I'm, I'm not being coy about it. That's where the songs come from. The ang- there's a lot of anger in Who songs. Sometimes it's directed towards the world. Sometimes it's directed at each other. But there is love and there is anger because if there's hate, you can't do it. Love, anger, you can have it dust up and keep on going. And I get it. But these guys all get along. Everybody in every generation of Wings hangs out with each other. And I don't know, can you think of another band where the replacement drummer and the old drummer like hang out? No, I, I I mean the the best example I have in my in my head is is the one I just gave of Journey. Yeah. And the the generations of keyboard player and songwriters, but I don't I don't even think they hang out. I think Greg is firmly team Neil and everything that's speaking of bands that aren't getting along. Yeah, exactly. But but yeah, it does seem unusual especially since there's there's not a lot connecting them, and one of the things Denny Lane talks about is how Wings was Paul's band, so everybody else was in there on Paul's whim, and one of his uh, theses when he comes in is that Wings doesn't need to be in the Hall of Fame because Paul was the was the one who authored all their big songs, and Paul was the one who hired the band basically. But Denny Sywell may have changed his mind on that one. Yeah, because after the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony, which I hope you've seen it on HBO, it's terrific, uh, Denny was asked, do you think you should go in as well with Wings? And he's the one who said, no, it's Paul's band. It really shouldn't be. And I don't know how you feel. I disagree. Just like Bruce Springsteen's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the E Street Band is in the Hall of Fame. Here, Even a better example than that, scratch that. Eric Clapton is in three times. He's in for the Yardbirds, he's in for Cream, and he's in as Eric Clapton. And if you're going to say, well, Cream was really Eric Clapton with a singer, bassist, and a drummer, well, then Eric Clapton should only go in once. 
And you can make a case he shouldn't be in with blind faith because it was a one-off supergroup or Derek and the Dominoes, one-off supergroup. But, you know, one person being entered should cover it if you were in three or four different bands. But this is a good question. How do you, Andrew, from the young band 100,000, define what's a band and what's just players with a star? It's tricky. Yeah, it is tricky. I think if you are on an album particularly if it's a hit album i think that should should get you in um and i think there is something to being the guy who helps keep the band going Mm -hmm. like um i'm trying to think of an example um maybe maybe with kiss like they've had the same lineup for like 14 15 years and i Maybe, maybe, I don't know for sure, but maybe there's something to being uh, Eric Singer and being Tommy Thayer and being the guys who help keep the band going. Because Kiss is doing, they're not really making a lot of records, and Paul Stanley says he doesn't really want to make a new album with Kiss, but they're keeping the band going, they're keep, they're, they are serving the legend of Kiss, and I think there's something to that. Yeah, without a doubt. For me, it's about how much you, what your input is. Uh, Paul has been with this group of musicians, Paul McCartney, for 13 years. He has been with guitarists Brian Ray, Rusty Young, drummer Abel Laboreal Jr., and Wicks uh, on keyboards for 13 years. That's longer than the Beatles. That's longer than he was in Wings. He's been with them that long. But their job is to play his songs and his hits in a certain, you know, as best they can. And it's not just a tribute band, but they play it very much like the originals. And they have a certain style that he's very comfortable with. But they don't write together. They don't necessarily record on the albums with him. Sometimes he might ask them to be on something. But he might play all the instruments himself on an album or bring in a local musician. He doesn't necessarily think of them as the guys to record with. They're the guys he plays with for 13 years. He hasn't even given them a name. It's just Paul McCartney, and that's the band. He doesn't introduce them on stage, which I think is wrong because there's always new people coming to a show. But he feels like, look, we've been together 13 years. Yeah. I'm sure you know what it is. But people don't. It's the first time they see him. He should. Well, an even better example of that is Elton John's band. Yeah, perfect. Not not everybody, but um, I know one of his drummers, he has two, one of them has been with him the whole time. Yeah, Nigel was uh, was amazing, was out for a while. And by the way, we know Nigel's name because it's on his kick drum. Yeah, <laughs> very smart. Every drummer, Nigel also put if, your name. If the boss is cool with it, do it. Put Bernard Purdy on your drum kit. And Davy Johnstone has been with him since the earliest days, since you know there was a guitar player and he's still there. But my idea is if you were in the band and you put in song, you came up with ideas, not even that you have co-writing, but like Danny Sywell, who's the original drummer, he was in the he was Paul's drummer before he even called it Wings and said, I want to be, I want to put together a band. He was the drummer on Ram when Paul was doing acoustic. But Paul wasn't telling him how to, wasn't doing a drum track saying, here, play that. Danny was just playing drums and doing fills and things. So if you're the bassist 
and Paul McCartney's band. And even if you just say, hey, how about this kind of pattern? How about we make this more reggae? How about whatever? If you contribute an idea, not necessarily that you've written the middle eight or that you've done the bars, if you've contributed something creatively in a band for a long time, it's a band. That's how I kind of think of it. I mean, that's... that's how Billy Joel went about it for so many years until he fired all of them. Yeah. And look, it happens. You know, as Mark Rivera always said, you never have to forget, no matter how long you've been in a, in a band like that, you're still a side man. The star is the star. And, you know, the old line in the White House, you serve at the pleasure of the president. You serve at the pleasure of the star. And if you're Paul McCartney or you're Elton John or you're Billy Joel, you know, you are the star, or you're Bruce Springsteen. He fired the E Street Band, and he went out with a different band to see what he could do, and then he came back to the E Street Band eventually and said, let's do it again. That's his, that's his right to change his mind because he is the star, and that happens. But to me, Paul could have called any musician in England who weren't in the Stones or the Who, and who wouldn't have gone to start a new band with Paul McCartney? Hey, Beatles are over. Paul wants a new band. Who wasn't going to join him? But I think there is something to the fact that he didn't just straight away call it Paul McCartney. He called it Wings. He right. called. He gave it a band name, and especially in those days, that was not that was not the best way to make a ton of money and to get your song out to every you know radio station was to not use the name of the famous guy. <laughs> right. You're absolutely he he absolutely he went out of his way as far as he could to exactly not do that. They rented a van and they would show up at colleges through England and literally just show up on the quad and say, "Hey, would you guys want a concert from a new band called Wings?" And he would say, "Anybody want is the gym free or on the quad? Can we just plug in and play?" "What? It's a band? Yeah, who's in it? Paul McCartney." "Are you serious?" Yes. When? Now. How's that going to happen? Paul's here in the van. Or Paul would say, anybody want to hear a concert of my new music? He's literally starting from scratch, like when they were playing the church fete in Liverpool when they were 16 years old, him, John, and the quarrymen, because that's how he knew how to build a band. Start from scratch. Let's see where it goes. I'm more talented now than I was when I was 16. I have a better sense of songwriting. And I trust Danny Lane as a songwriter because I love Go Now and they toured. And let's see where it goes. And he starts over. And to put it diplomatically, I guess, one of the fun things about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is that there's no rules. There's no, there's nothing hard and fast about it. There's no real methodology. Everything that we've talked about would suggest that Dave Abruziz from Pearl Jam, the drummer on... Versus and Vitalogy, I am not how to pronounce that. Yeah. The second and third albums should be in the Hall of Fame, but for some reason he was excluded. Yeah, that's weird. To make it up to the band, it's very nebulous. And it's up to the band members, or really, or somebody like our friend Little Steven to go, no, no, he has to be in here. Like Stephen fought to have Denny Lane in. The band wanted Denny Lane. They just didn't know how it all goes, how it all goes down. But I always think that's the night... That one time, you should everybody comes in. Maybe not the guy who filled in for a week when somebody was sick or the one-time album, but if you were there for any significant amount of time, if Wings is inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I know in my heart they would want, everybody in that band wants everybody who ever was in the band in there. 
They've lost two guitarists, Henry McCulloch and Jimmy McCulloch. The odds of getting two guitarists, both named McCulloch, come on, that's a little bizarre. Or having two guys in the band named Danny, that doesn't yeah. seem normal. Yeah, I mean, neither one is called Dennis either. You could never say Dennis Sywell or Dennis Lane. That would be weird. Yeah. Fortunately, they sound their voices sound wildly different. So when you say Denny or Danny, yeah. whoever answers you, it'll be very <laughs> clear. But Right. What, Danny Lane's from Birmingham, and Danny Sywell is born in Pennsylvania, grew up in New York as a session guy, and he's like six foot eight and has great pipes. He could be a great DJ. Denny Sywell would, you know, he's got uh, he's got the voice. Denny Sywell this afternoon, rocking the Q1043. I mean, he absolutely has the pipes to do it. But yeah, he Paul was here in New York and wanted to record, and as he said, I just somebody says, hey, there's a guy needs a musician. You want to come to a recording session? He goes over to Fifty Fourth Street down a hallway. Have no idea what it is, but I trust the friend who told me to go in there. And I walk in this room, and Paul McCartney's sitting there going, Oh, hi, I'm Paul. How you doing? I'm Denny. You're a drummer? Yeah. Want to play? Yeah, okay. He goes, it just hap- it's, it was that kind of weird and casual. No managers, no agents. Just, hey, I'm looking for guys, and a friend of a friend suggested that you might play. Okay. And you take a shot, and off you go. But everybody would be back. I mean, here's the... Here's the thing, that, as you talk about Dave Abruzzi's not being in, invited into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with the band. Denny Sywell, the original drummer in Wings, who quit along with Henry before they went to Lagos, Nigeria to record because he didn't want to get his throat cut going to Africa in the middle of a civil war because Paul had some crazy idea. Hey, let's go record in Africa. He's like, because... You know, Paul somehow will survive, but we'll get killed. Like, I just don't want to do this and quit the night before. So it was just Paul Linda and Danny Lane who went. But Danny Sywell, the original drummer, and Steve Holly, the last drummer in Wings, are best friends. And whenever they're in New York or out in L.A., they hang out and eat together. And that just usually doesn't happen with a band. Yeah, especially with drummers, because when, <laughs> yeah. when drummers jam, it's like, what even is it? Yeah, there's no jam, really. Right. If you're a drummer and I'm a bass player, it's like, okay, we have a connection. We wanna, we'll want get together and we'll jam, and it's everything that we want to hear in in our mix. Yeah. So it's it's still nice, but you know, who even wants to set up two drum sets, <laughs> let alone share one? Come on. Right, come please. But like at, at the Fest for Beatles fans, there's usually two drum kits set up. There actually is, because here's the kit that... You know, Liverpool's going to play, and then there's the local band, or there's the band that's going to play in the afternoon, and the guy wants his own kit. So not often, but a lot of times on stage, there's two kits. And when Denny Sywell plays, if Steve Holly's there, he'll say, Steve, come on up here. And Steve goes, no, no. It's a, he goes, no, no, Steve, you got to come up here. And i always say, but you never played with two drummers. And De- either one, if Steve was on the kit, he wants Denny up. If Denny's up, he wants Steve up. He said, it just would be too weird to just play the drums while another Wings drummer is there and not playing. He should be up here with me because we both know all the material. That's the thing I don't ever see in any other band. Like, it would be too embarrassing for me to just drum with you there and not playing because we're such good friends. Like, you wouldn't have to. I've never seen two bass players on a stage. Like, here, just play with me because we were both in this band. You just wouldn't do that. And yet these guys are such good friends it's a nice vibe. Yeah. It happens. So we're going to hear from Denny and Denny, and we've got two wings, and in a few weeks, well, the end of May, we'll have Lawrence Juber here, 
who's the last guitarist in Wings. So little by little, we're putting the whole bird together. (laughs) And, uh, oh, you know, what I didn't get to, I buried the lead. What I started to say, I don't even know now if I mentioned it, that Danny Lane doesn't think they should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I think they should. Yeah, I agree. Why not? Let's see what the Denny's and Denny's think on Ken Dasha's Beatles Revolution. Thank you, Producer Andrew. Thank you, Ken. In the studio, this show is going to fly in every sense of the word because I've got both wings with me. <laughs> I've got the Denny's. Wing nuts. Wing, wing nuts. nuts. <laughs> Denny Lane and Denny Sywell of Wings with me and producer Andrew, Q1043. Thank you guys for joining us. Pleasure. First and foremost, great honors and thrill. Now in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Mr. Danny yeah, Lane. Congratulations. Yeah. Stop it. I like it. <laughs> I saw this show that was great that it you was. came up. We had talked about it before you did yeah, it. Yeah. And what you had said to remind the audience, you said, I knew it had nothing to do with the rest of the band because we've always stayed mates. We always mm. stayed friends. I knew if they had anything to do with it, mm. they would want me there. Oh, yeah. And, of course, little Steven went to bat like, no, 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 no. You got to have Danny. You yeah, can't yeah. have the Moody Blues. If Danny Lane isn't going to be there, you're not going to have the Moody Blues. You understand? Peter Asher said the same thing. Yeah, Peter Cousin was. Cousin Bruce, I think. And it should be. That's how it, it a band matures. A band changes. Mm-hmm. So many bands change over time. And you ha- it's not like you were there and nothing happened. You had Go Now, mm-hmm. put them on the map, and then the band goes in a different direction. And as you said, they wanted a tour. You wanted to get a record deal. You went to London. Well, we already had a record deal. I just wanted to go back in the studio. And as it turned out, ironically, is when I left, they had to go back in the studio to fulfill that contract, which was, and that was Days of Future Past, if you think about it. Even though it was a few months later, it was that, that was the progress, you know. It's funny how, and I'm sure you guys will attest to it. We've got young Andrew, our producer, how things that look bleak, that look awful, you know, or, or a setback actually turns out to be the springboard that gives you your career. It's always that way. Is always it? that way. Everything happens by default, really. You know, I mean, the stories. That, if you watch the Moody Blues documentary, you'll see how that happened. I didn't even know that's the way it happened, that they were told by somebody, you know, you can't, you're no good, because they were trying to do the old set. And they decided from that day on to write their own material, thanks to somebody saying you weren't any and it was a different style. Even Justin will turn around and say, well, it wasn't my style. Well, Justin so, is not going to sing your songs. No, you well, they sing all nice tried to. They all tried to. Right. But, 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 but the fact is that because I went in that direction, I kind of was bl- very glad about that because I, cause I went with Paul, you know, then, then me and him met on the plane, right, Denny? And uh, because I went with Paul, I would have felt really bad if the Moody's hadn't gone to, on to other things. You see what I mean? Good man, because you've got a good heart. Because you're well, you know, it's I'm, not only that; it's it, just that you it grew is, up with these people as well, and you wanted yeah. to see them still do well. But you know what, Danny? You, you don't give yourself enough credit. We've seen so oh, much right, back, then I will. so much backbiting if in this insist. business. There's so much resentment. Those sons of bitches. I did everything for yeah, them, yeah, yeah. and this <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I did. <laughs> right, right. I'm but, just it's, kidding. but you do it with joy. Here, in this crazy band called Wings, different generations, usually 
one guy who replaces another. Mm. They have nothing to do with each other in their sniping. Here, Danny Sywell, the original drummer for Wings, tells me he's having dinner with Steve Hawley, the last sure. drummer, and hanging out in everybody's friends right. in this band. Well, Henry he lives across the street from my old building here in New York. He's got a French it, wife. It, I mean, hey. it is remarkable that you guys have yeah. all stayed friends. I'm working, you... I'm working with him tomorrow night in New Jersey. With Steve Hawley. Yeah. yeah. We got Lynn Lawrence Jubers coming in in a couple well, of I'm weeks. Well, I'm working with Lawrence next week in Bogus in California. So we're all still friends like from that point of view. And I'll probably come by and play it to him. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's perfect. So tell You're me, not getting paid, by the way. I know. <laughs> I'm used to that. <laughs> I've got Denny Sywell and Denny Lane here. Uh, Denny is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with the Moody Blues. And there was an interview that was done right after the ceremony, Mr. Lane, uh, and they asked you if you thought Wings should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm. and you said no. Right. Well, because it was Paul's band, and that's the way they, yeah. they look at him as being, yeah, but in a sense it was. And they look at him, he got inducted as Paul McCartney after the Beatles, so that was part of his project. You know, it doesn't matter to me. In fact, I mean, I don't you know, lower the tone here, but Justin even said, we're just guys from England. We don't really, we don't go for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing. We don't know much about it. You know, it's not an English thing. Right. No, it's for but the fans. It, it really it, it's is. It's an American thing, too. Yeah. But, but it's the same with, with Wings. You know, it's just I don't feel that it was that important to be in the Hall of Fame with Wings. Uh, again, with the Moody Blues, you know, it's great. But you don't you don't go around expecting it to happen. No, well, real so. truly for the fans, it's it's thrilled. But yeah. I will completely disagree with yeah, you. Yeah, me. I'm going to chime in there so too. I talked to well, Danny. get me in then. <laughs> uh, Danny, you no, take it. No, I mean not, not so, as much <laughs> as know. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but we were more than just a backing band. Well, yeah, we but, were but, in the trenches with Paul. True. Uh, I mean, he drove the van. We had the wives, the kids, the <laughs> don't, dogs. Don't put that rumor out. No. Probably once. But, you know, I mean, we, we were, yeah, he wrote I all drove the, the songs. I as well. But we were there doing all the gigs. Uh, we were there with uh, grabbing a handful of faders at 5 o'clock in the morning Scaring at Abbey Road, doing the mixes. We were a band. He just wrote all of the songs, but it, it really was a band. And yeah, but his fame wings, made it Although we were like a band course, in the studio yeah. and, and at home, yeah. the, the, his fame made the big difference. Yeah. But, That's what I'm saying. But, sure. but I'll say but, this, Denny. So in that sense, you don't have to put in cream or or Yardbirds in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You can just say Eric Clapton's in, and these are the bands he was in. True. Clapton is in three times: Yardbirds, Solo, the, and the Cream. Only person, right? And that's why McCartney goes in for the Beatles mm. and Solo. But Wings, to me as a fan, is its own world. And the fact is that you wrote with Paul McCartney. Mm -hmm. You wrote songs with him. You have songs on the album that are Denny Lane songs. And, you know, if, let's say if we were to, if there was a courtroom to decide who's yeah. in or out. Well, that's I, the other I thing. Would say, I would say, you know, Mr. Lane, did McCartney, did Mr. McCartney write songs and did you give him and trade ideas? And <laughs> you did. And Sounds it, like the Moody Blues in court, doesn't it? <laughs> right. Remember that one, Patrick <laughs> Mraz. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. But if you did, well, if you shared ideas, then that's a band to me. Sure. True. But as again, you know, I think that that's I don't know much about that. That's what I'm saying about the politics of it. There's a lot of. Uh, I'm only assuming yeah, that that's what the situation is, and that's the rumor that goes around that Paul was inducted as Paul, and Wings was just one of his projects. That's what I've heard. 
I yeah. don't know. I don't know whether I feel. Maybe I do agree that we should be in as a band because we were, we did work as a band. I'm sure. okay. I play in their golf tournament every year. I got a Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame uh, oh, golf that, jersey. Well, I don't know. get that. What the hell's <laughs> yeah, going you don't on? Get nothing, I, but I, the I, recognition for the, the time that we spent I'd there. i do that. Putting our careers on the line as sideman anyway, yeah. just going out with a guy that's major. I mean, you know, everybody's saying, oh. Yeah, this is going to be great. He just left the Beatles. Now we got to listen to some garage band that Paul's yeah. coming up with. And well, uh, we were there at the the best and the worst times in history for that man. And uh, yeah, true. it was really interesting for us. But I think I think Wings deserves a little recognition for the suffering. Well, we, went we, we did start again in in that sense. You but know, if very fame nice. aside, we did start again because yeah. he as could, a band. as I've always said, he could have simply called up Clapton and Klaus Vormann sure. and Keltner, a super he, group. He could have gotten it done a blind faith. Yeah, who wouldn't have answered that phone call if Paul said, "I want to start another band"? Yeah, yeah. outside but, of the Stones and the Who, everybody would have said yes. No, he wanted to start again from scratch. Yeah, well, he wanted to do some new material. Is what it was. <laughs> you know, you can't really follow the Beatles. You know, it wasn't. Right. You can't be your own tribute band in a sense, <laughs> and it's the same with me. I didn't want to go up there and do Moody Blues songs, but right. apart from Go Now, right. he liked the song Go Now. So that's yeah. why he wanted me to do it on stage. But generally speaking, we wanted to have a clean slate right yeah. from the beginning, yeah. as far as musically. And well, we and knew that was going to get some criticism sure. to start with. That's why we did the university. Sure. And, you know, before Denny was brought into the band, the original idea, because I did the Ram album with Paul, Right. In here in New York when I was just a session guy. And he said, oh, this is working out good. Let's put a, uh, let's take a vacation. So he was going to invite Hugh McCracken, who was also on the Ram album. Right. And there was a piano player named Paul Harris, played with Manassas and a mm -hmm. lot of different groups. So anyway, uh, Hugh happened to be in, in Europe at the time. I think he was touring with Gary Wright. And he came up to the farm and Paul said, let's put a band together. And Hugh said... I'm not really not interested, you know. And that was kind of the, kind of getting the cream of the crop. But I could see that he wasn't comfortable with just an all-American band, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't want that. That's no, too true. radical of a true, thing. True. So right. I came back, and he called me a week later. He says, hey, I got Denny Lane's going to join up with us. I went, oh, beautiful, man. Well, yeah, the thing was that, you know, that I knew those guys too, Hugh and all that. Yeah, you McCracken was making more order. money as a session guy yeah, than he was ever going to make say. sitting in a van with you. They didn't want to give that up, and you did. You were brave. You you yeah. said, "Well, I'm going to see what." Happens. I was tired of it. Yeah, true. That's what oh, I'm saying. Yeah, Getting true. in a band is like, yeah, it's exciting. It's like starting again with something that you hadn't been. You know, just do something <laughs> different. Same with me. I could have stayed doing my string band thing, but I wanted. It. Paul was an old friend. You yeah. know, he wanted to get something together. But I thought, okay, this is this is different for me, but I'm going to do it. And I took a kind of a back seat. I was before I was kind of the lead guy, you know, doing right. things. But but it was because it was new. I wanted to do it. Same with you, I think. Yeah, and you know what was interesting about Hugh though. Paul didn't understand it when Hugh said, no, nah, I really can't do that. You know, yeah, like it was yeah. a big shock to Paul. And yeah. for years, he kind of had some hard feelings about it. Yeah. And and a whole bunch, it's only maybe four or five years ago that I told Paul, you know, I just found out recently from Hugh why he didn't join the band at the, in the beginning. And that was because he had a prior marriage and he had young kids. He didn't want to leave the country and miss the growing up of his kids. A lot that of really, that, yeah, that, that he understood make a big, big time. You know? It's like but, John Lodge, he didn't want to join the Moody's when we wanted him in the first 
Really? Yeah, the first lineup. He he was playing with Ray Thomas in the Rebels, right? All right, in the Rebels, and he didn't want to leave school and college and his girlfriend, whatever, and he didn't want to join. Right. So when I left, when Clint left, he got the job. So again, it was the old friends thing. Yeah, it always right. yeah. works yeah. that way. He was up here last month. Andrew and I just had so much fun with John Lodge. He was just <laughs> joyous and talking about L. Riot and the Rebels I know, and the stories. And you know, they're the they're the they're the big shits in Birmingham, you know. And one night they tell him like, "Well, you're the opening act. There's some guys from Liverpool going to headline." Yeah. What? What the hell are you talking that, that about? That happened yeah. to me. I had a band called the Diplomats, and we were on a revolving stage. That's a the good Beatles name. came round. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so much a diplomat these days. <laughs> but yeah, that's what happened. They came round as we went off, and we were a pretty big band in Birmingham too, you know. But we we all realised because of the Beatles, you've got to get out. You've got to go. They wanted to go to Germany, the two guys out of the Moody's, to, to get Did me you? in their band to go back to Germany. They'd been out there with the Beatles, uh, you know, playing the same clubs. And I said, man, I don't want to do they that. They wanted you to go to Hamburg. Yeah. I said, I don't want to go and play, to, you know, sorry, drunken sailors. Right. I want to go and do something else, you know, and I want to move forward, not go back kind of thing. But again, I was only young and I was more ambitious in that sense, I suppose. But we stuck at being a blues band and we got discovered. So that was... Good for me. If I'd have joined and gone back to Germany with them, it wouldn't have happened, you know. I, I talked to Ant. So here's producer Andrew, a young band, 100,000. We were going through the Hamburg days of what they did. And I said, would your band be willing to do that? Mm. Could you suffer yeah. through, you know, seven w nights a week, you know, eight, four or five shows a night, or more. sleeping yeah, in the yeah. back of a porno theater? Yeah. Could, right. would you, <laughs> being in a bucket. But I don't yeah. think anybody <laughs> would do if they knew what they were going to do. That's the difference. You see right. what I mean? Nobody knew that was right. But they could like. have turned around that the next day and gone, this well, sucks, no, we want to go home. You really can't. Once you're in, in something, you can't just yeah. say, you don't have a no. choice, you know. But You don't expect what you go. But it, what it did do was get them really good. And they played yeah. a lot of songs they'd never heard or just knew bits of and made things up. And they got really close because of that. See? All bands do that. Birmingham bands, Moody's were like that too. And we were like that in Wings getting oh, back absolutely. to that. We all got together, you know, up in Scotland, away from everything, in the barn, playing around, doing all influences. Just bringing Our in what you have, yeah. 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 Danny, tell the story about trying to find the farm. <laughs> First time you get to Scotland. <laughs> well, Denny's, as you can tell, is from here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a New Yorker, but uh, no, we got we rented a car in Campbelltown yeah. and went up. They they told us to go up this road, and when you get to the farmer's house up there, <laughs> it's dusk now. So he said, just honk the horn. He'll come out and tell you how to get up to Paul's place. So so we we get to the farmer's house and we honk the horn, and this old guy comes out. So could you tell us how to get up to Paul McCartney's farm? He goes, Oh, I like you. Take the wee guys up the bread. Excuse me? Uh, so like 14 times later or something, he says, you know, take that, that road that goes up towards that barn up there. So about three rent-a-cars later that I wrecked getting up to uh, Paul's farm, they wouldn't rent us a, re a car anymore. No kidding. Yeah. I wouldn't rent so a car. So I bought a Land Rover Jeep for like 35 quid or something like that. It was great. Oh, I gave it to Duncan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I gave it Duncan. to Duncan. Was Duncan was this guy that Paul had working for him. He had he had a little farmhouse where, where he and the family lived, and then over the hill was Low Rannikin or the yeah. barn. We rehearsed Red Rose Speedway in there, or yeah. the one that I left on Band on the Run. Yeah, <laughs> but we re rehearsed. I don't it remember in there. that even. But this guy Duncan, he without machines, 
He hand-built a road from one farm to the other, about a quarter of a mile or half a mile long, (laughs) and then lined both sides with with boulders (laughs) by himself. This guy was tougher than (laughs) rope. The Scottish guys. The Scottish lads. That's impressive. It was. It really impressed me. Well, they were all very, like, by the fact that we were up there. That Scotland. whole town, Campbelltown. Oh, man. They used to open the pub for us in the Argyle yeah, Arms no, no, when no. beyond but holy hours. Campbelltown was where they, the American forces had their testing for the oh, nuclear, yeah. nuclear submarines stuff. Yeah. in the lock. Really? So yeah. yeah, so it was full of Americans up there. Well, as it, was it keeping fans away? You guys told me a story about some fans trying to come to, for the oh, farm. Was just one. Don't it was kind of rare that that. It was happened, very but rare. It did yeah. happen one day. So we tell were. them. You got tell what happened. Well, we you? were we were all hanging up at Paul's, and we saw some people coming up over the horizon there. He lived in this like a dome, so we see this. Uh, these people walking up, so we hopped on my old Land Rover, and they had some air rifles and stuff, and we go charging down <laughs> we were after. Pretty bored. You know. We had air rifles. <laughs> so, this is the headline for the New York Post. You know, Paul's band shooting at fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine pretty, that. Yeah, see how God, that would go. What if they I mean, bought the, out machine guns? In the- <laughs> <laughs> they were remote, though. I mean, the the farm up there in Scotland was really remote. I mean, to get to it, you really had to want to get there. I oh, yeah. went there one morning, though. Some guy was sitting at the table with his girlfriend, and Paul was talking to him. Yeah. Really? Somebody got in there. Somebody got it in the house. Yeah. Just well, there was no down security. And, you know, he they just let him in. I suppose <laughs> you think we might as well let him in as, like, you know, yeah. have a problem. Jeez. Yeah, that's true. Was that why he was all the way up there, to avoid people? Well, yeah, not really, no. In because a way, though. Not really. Because no. <laughs> originally that place was bought, bought because of, you know, an investment thing. And I know he went up there with Jane Asher at one point, and she didn't like it, and he never went back there again. Wow. Years. But after so, he left the Beatles, though, he went yeah. up there, and, and Ram would not have happened had, had Linda said, hey, you're right. a songwriter. Come yeah, on, but, let's go. Let's but, do something. But Linda was into riding horses and all yeah. that stuff, and she wanted the country life, and she, she saw it, and she, wanted, she said, let's do it up. So they yeah. did, and gradually that was a little tiny house. I mean, the greatest gift you know your partner can ever give you He's laying there having a virtual nervous breakdown. The Beatles are done. And your wife says, get your ass out of this bed, go into that barn, and start writing some songs. Mm-hmm. And even at his worst, you know, it's state of mind, just simple, lovely Linda, you know, every night, just the simplest melodies. And you go, man, it just flows through this guy like an open fire hydrant. Then you reach out. It makes such sense to me. There's a friend I have, and I like his music. I want to put a band together. Let me reach out to a friend who's been through this already because I like to bounce ideas off. Let me call Danny Lane, see if he's around, if he wants to do this. Yeah. And what a, it's a brilliant idea to start from scratch. I mean, the band that he's been with now, 13 years now, longer than any band he's had. And their talent's amazing. Danny, I mean, you know Abe Laboreal Jr. He's great, incredible. Yeah. Brian, Rusty, Wicks, they're incredible. But they're following the blueprint of what he's already built. Right. Yeah. You guys were we built it, building it with him, and yeah. that's why Wings yeah. still, to me, stands as yeah. a different chapter in his life. And it's a I'm type in agreement of with you there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but of course, it was earlier days. You know, yeah. early yeah. days. That's what you did more. You didn't want to go out and be a tribute band. You didn't want to do all that stuff that you'd done before. You wanted to move forward. You're still young. You know, you want to do something new. And that's I was at the same stage too. I wanted to do something. New. Yeah, Randy Bachman said the same thing after the Guess Who collapsed. 
you know, he had an offer to join any. Neil Young said, you want to mm. be in my band? You want to be like, no, I want to start again. Yeah. I'll, I'll, maybe my brothers will play. I can't, find, you know, I'll teach yeah. them how to play and I'll just start over. Yeah. And, you know, that those those kind of decisions that lead to, it, what Randy said, like I, his father said, you need something to fall back on. And he said, uh-huh. Dad, you know what? If I fall, I want to fall on my face, not yeah. on my ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that's the essence of what you guys have all done. Yeah, the one other thing, though, and that is that when, you, when you've when you been in a big band and you're going up there every night, well, the Beatles didn't tour that much, but we certainly did, you're yeah. playing the same material. You, you do an album, you do a single, you're playing that material for two years because that's what they want to hear. And you actually don't want to be doing that. You want to be going and making some more music. So you go off the road in order to do that. Well, that was an ideal opportunity for us to just get off doing all old stuff. The Beatles didn't want to do Beatles. They didn't want to do Moody Blues. And that was really the whole point about it, that we, we could now write and do new stuff. And that, that's what every artist has to do. If you start getting too much into the tribute to yourself, forget <laughs> it. You, know, you lose it. That's good, Danny. It's a good line. Did Wings ever play any Beatles material? Only in the acoustic set. We just had like ovation guitars and I've just seen a face I can forget the time or place where we just met. We did all that stuff. Just but in the beginning, was, there was no Beatles references. No, none, was, and we didn't talk about the Beatles. No. Nothing. And, and every interview was always, tell us about the Beatles. And Paul mm. would say that was 10 years Not ago. Not really. Yeah. No? Paul really wanted us to be known like the yeah. Beatles were known. And so this is when Wings. we weren't working, we were in the press office and pictures and doing interviews and everything. And, and we had no references to the Beatles no. ever. And I knew them too. I knew them really well. You were friends you know. with the guys. Oh, yeah. The Moody's were. We were on their first, second British tour. We were all friends. They used to come out to our house and play us the new stuff and all that thing. So that's why I think he called me, because he knew yeah. me. He knew it wasn't going to be a problem. Right, and you weren't, yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. You're familiar enough, but yeah. you also had the same mindset of Absolutely. you're not going to say, hey, why don't we do Hey Jude as the closer tonight? You, yeah. you we all grew up on the same music. As you look back on the Wings albums, just cherry pick some highlights and songs and things for me that you love. Well, I mean, the one album that's just been re-released is the one me and you were on was Red Rose Speedway, you know, and, and Henry and all that. Henry McCulloch. That group was a great line. Yeah. I always thought that was the best line of myself. Wildlife was just the four of us, Paul yeah. and Linda and Denny and I, and that was done in a weekend. Yeah. You know, it was really thrown together, like for a first look at a new band. And, and it wasn't trying to be anything else but right. what we were at that and time. And yet there was a lot of good music on that yeah, record. Yeah, of course. It had a feel. And songs. Yeah. And it yeah, had a great It always feel. had a feel. But then when Henry was brought in, yeah, it, it took level. off. And by the end of that run, when I was still in the band, I mean, we'd become a really good band. Yeah. A we good live performing another, we band. We had to have another member to take it on the road. Yeah. All the fanciness of when we get to Sgt. Pepper's and the, the, the incredible psychedelic album covers and the staging and what rock is becoming of psychedelic right. image. And then when we get to Wings, it's, you know, even Paul Solo, Linda's Pictures, and you guys just sitting on a tree branch over <laughs> a river. Right. You couldn't make a larger statement about how those clothes are now in the closet. Yep. <laughs> and we're just going to have instruments and guitars and we wear jeans. Yeah, and it a was shirt. a nice statement. Yeah. As a kid, as a fan, picking up that album, I know what's coming. Yeah. You know, when, an, when a cover just tells you, okay, this is not going to be Sgt. Pepper's right. part three. Yeah. This is. Right, right. I'll never forget when we were recording that TV special. You know, you know, Paul always wanted a rocker. We need some good rockers. So he says, 
let's do Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> what the? <laughs> Come on, man. So, so we're filming the Mary Had a Little Lamb sequence out at some Elstree at some studio or something. Well, we were out in this uh, location, and they had sheep all around us. So the drums are set up here, and there's a keyboard here, and Denny's got his guitar. <laughs> and we're all set there, and they heard the sheep in. And so they had to keep the sheep throughout that whole shot. They had to have the sheep within us, you know. And I was just like, hit the bass drum one time and <laughs> They all ran off. I forgot about that. No, that was great fun. Oh, my God. Best laid plans. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, that was a real rocker, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a head scratcher for me. It's like, really? Mary had a little oh, Well, you yeah, know why he did again. it, don't you? It was the first song ever recorded. It was? Yeah, on, on that spindle, you know, when they yeah. f- first made recordings. The first song, Mary had a little lamb, boom. The, that was it. And he had the daughter, Mary, and they had the lambs and the sheep up on the farm. Oh, yeah. So he you. just said, oh, this is a no-brainer. Rocker, but, Mary had a little lamb. Yeah, <laughs> But it was also, don't forget, the image of the band was like a band at a farm. Putting yeah. Yeah. together, yeah. we we're all sure. dressed in jeans and yeah. cowboy Ram, boots, and we were lambs. living that look. You know, yeah. that was what we were. We weren't into the suits, and that's one of the things I said to the Moody's on the, the induction. I said, "I'm glad you got rid of the blue suits because everybody <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. was wearing suits then. You know, the Beatles started leather jackets, and then it was suits, and then we all went clean cut. You know, yeah. but so Paul we tried. were back to do it like you know." Sheep. But Paul tried to get us into the suits. Remember going down to Dougie Millings? Oh, yeah. And Paul had these outfits designed for us. They were like a gray suit with big lightning bolts down the lapels. Well, we <laughs> and did get we had, into a uniform. Yeah, after, and then we had some sequin jackets that were short, like waiter's jackets, short yeah. sleeve, all sequined up. And Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, it was kind of weird. That was bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it was. It doesn't fit what, what you guys no. were playing. Well, that was done for the European tour. Yeah. Yeah. Did I ever tell you the story about the day I was mixing the vocals? I'm upstairs at Abbey Road, and the band is down doing group vocals, and Paul and Lynn and Denny. And I said to Denny, he said, hey, De- okay, good blend, but Denny, can you move back a little bit? He goes, sure. How far? I said, eh, a little bit. Paul, you move in a little bit? How far? A little bit. Linda, we need you to move back, too. She said, how far? I said, you got a car? <laughs> <laughs> And that was your last day in the band. <laughs> no, they laughed. Everybody had a good time. And Farm was so big, you know, you can't be sure of all the crops that were growing, and it seems like he had no idea that there was a giant field of weed growing behind the Not a giant. Pot. He had four plants. Come on, give me your okay, break. Okay, it was just four plants. <laughs> that just seemed to keep cropping up somehow. Oh, no. Well, you know, he throws the seeds anywhere you want. <laughs> and that was a fan scent, though. He didn't know what they were. No, of course not. There was fennel. Linda cooked with the fennel. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then it all started growing. But, um, you know, we were a little bit uh, living the country life. I will say no more than that. But, again, you, when you're away from everybody like that, especially the press, you know, you don't want to be bothered by the press at all. It's just You don't us. want it. Yeah. And because, you know, they're negative in a sense, or they create certain rumors of things that aren't Right, that dying. that's the story, yeah. Yeah, and so you don't want that. So we were just doing it for that reason, as you said. You know, we didn't just go there to get away. We, we were also away from the press. It was also that. But it also, you can be there and you can all re- work every day. There's no distractions. That's a you nice... You know, that's the other Paul thing. and Linda used to ride over every once in a while yeah. on their horses. <laughs> One time, Paul showed up at at the. He came over to the barn. We were rehearsing band on the run, and he grew a beard. He'd grown a beard, 
And he thought he'd shave it off before going back to London. So he left a little clump here and a little clump here. Just remember that? <laughs> he was really some strange, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I did it once for an hour. But it was great fun. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on. I drove his tractor into a stream one day because it was raining. You did? Yeah. How'd that go? Oh, they come over the hills on horseback and just stared at me. I said, what are you going to do? Yeah, it was raining. Was that the pink tractor that Linda bought him? She bought him, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was raining like hell. I was staying at this farm that had no roof almost because they'd just bought the next door farm and I was staying in the room and it was raining in. So I said, screw this. And I jumped in the tractor to go to this little cottage that they'd already renovated, right? And I wasn't staying in that. I wanted to stay in the big house. But as I drove his tractor over the bridge, he fell into the stream. Just ended up there. I said, I'm going to bed. So the I, next morning I saw it there. They come over the hill. I see you with a guitar in your hands. I see you singing. I see you recording, playing, writing. It is hard for me to visualize you driving a tractor. <laughs> I have to be Not honest. Not at with. all. We were all into that stuff. We were, yeah, we were country yeah, bumpkins, really. All right, so we fast forward here. This is the anniversary. Uh, we're recording this in uh, in May uh, of your first Wings Over America tour, '76. Mm. So now, by the time you guys get to America, now it's the big deal. Now, yep. now we're established. We got hits. We got the band on the Run album. Yeah. Now you're in the press. Now it's the Times, John Perales, and all that. Now you're now you're a band. Now you're yeah, a big time now, band. Now we were kind of a tribute band to all the stuff we'd done before. And we used to do a lot of that material on Don't stage. Don't look at me. Paul did a yeah, good job playing my drum parts. Yeah, on, on, that's uh, what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So we were kind of copying a lot of yeah. the stuff that we recorded on all those albums. But Did were you enjoying it? Was it fun? Yeah, it was because it was the first time to go on a world tour, and that was a big deal. That was like having a number one for them. You had your I own mean, plane too, didn't you? Yeah, it was a whole deal. And it was done on that level, and it was great, you know, as long as it lasted until he got the Japan thing happened. But other than that, it was a great experience because it was the first time we'd done it on that level. Right. So, so you rebuilt it from scratch, and here we are with the private plane and the arenas, and now all the songs you've written, as you said, are hits, mm -hmm. and you're doing your collection of Wings hits, you know, every night. And if you wanted to throw in a bit of something it doesn't matter anymore because you're established yeah but we still did that little section in the middle of, of right. i did richard corey like a song that yeah i learned that from paul simon but it wasn't his song but it was a folk song that i knew yeah paul said, that. do you want to do it and then he did you know a couple of beatles things but mm -hmm. there was a little section we all played acoustic guitars to kind of say well yeah we still have that as well right yeah, no, I was very glad that Go Now was always part of the set mm. to yeah. get to hear it because that, it kind of took me as a kid. I have that as a 45. Right. And when you hear that, mm -hmm. you know, live on stage, you go, yeah. you know, there's a connection. There's a circle oh, that gets like sort of a circuit is connected. True. And doing. I played piano on it. But it's, uh, nobody plays that part like Mike Pinder did. And uh, I just heard a story recently that every time Mike would go over to Ray's house or something or visit anyone, he'd sit down at the piano and play Go Now. Really? Still oh. to this day, it's his party piece. Um, but, yeah, Paul and the Beatles um, liked the Moody's as a band. We kind of had mutual respect thing going, you know. And uh, we were more blues-oriented, admittedly, but we had all the voices too. We had the harmonies. And, and he used to stand outside the stage. Every time we did go now, we'd be standing there. Really? Yeah, and you do know that uh, Penny Lane is the same bass line as go now, don't you? No. Ding, 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 
I've let the cat out of the bag there. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. I yeah. he, here's a little thing that I just heard on my own. I was listening to Backseat of My Car. I was playing it on the air when, after all these years, it hit me in the head. We can make it to Mexico City. da 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 Son of a bitch, it's a Mexican hat dance. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, ah, Don, the light goes up. I love that kind of stuff. Keen sense of humor. Denny Lane, Denny Sywell, two wings with us in the studio. Tell me about projects that are going on now. Denny Sywell, start with you because you play great jazz trio. I've seen you. It yeah, I have, I've been playing with these guys about seven years now. We have one record out called Reckless Abandon, and we just got signed to a new label, Quarto Valley Records, QVR Records, an L.A. Re- label. And uh, we just finished an album of uh, new material, and uh, it's organ, guitar, and drums. So it's not that... That kind of over-your-head crazy jazz. This is stuff that even rock and roll people are going to like because it's in your face. And uh, we did a jazz version of uh, Live and Let Die. <laughs> I can't wait so, to hear it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And the record comes out in September, September 7th, and it's called Boomerang. Nice. Kind of, you know, you throw it out and it comes back. That's kind of what I did with my jazz career. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I started as a jazz guy here in New York. And... uh you play with one beetle, it really messes up your jazz career. You know, <laughs> you but, know uh, I, don't you hate record. when that happens? Don't I you do, hate man, when that happens? I'm going back to it, you know, because I'm making, a, I'm playing with a bunch of bands in L.A. now. I'm playing all kinds of music, and studio work is plentiful again. But this trio record is, without a doubt, the best record I've made in my career, and uh, that's quite a few records, and uh, it's very challenging and fun music, and it's energetic and fun. For my fellow jazz heads who listen to these things, uh, to me, if you don't mind me saying, I put it in the world of Joey D., of Joey D. Francesco, and kind of a sound, if you will, to give you just a, a, a Maybe reference Maybe a little point. less traditional than Joey D. Yes. Less traditional, a but, little more fun. Right, but it's in that world, yes, and I love absolutely. it. Absolutely love it. Danny Lane, what's up for you? Well, or do you just still... sit and, w- and people serve you? And, and Elizabeth, <laughs> now that you're... I had to carry his damn guitar up here. I know. Yeah. They bring you leather used... pillows. I'm and... getting used to it. <laughs> I'm used to driving my own tractor, by the way. I, I've got a single out, and okay. uh, it's on vinyl. It's, it's all meant to be. Meant to be over the horizon. Over the horizon. And I'm buying it's, vinyl again. I'm buying all the albums well, again on thing. vinyl. And that's about it, really. I'm just enjoying playing live, same as you. You know, you. Last year we played a par- We played a party in uh, yeah. in uh, Upland, California. Yeah, it was yeah, Steve yeah. Holly and Danny and I and the Criers. We Lawrence, had a great time. It was yeah. a little reunion. <laughs> that's yeah. great. And for Danny Sywell, for you, how do we find out all your material? Where do we go? Oh, just DennySywell.com, my website. You S E I. S E I W E L L. You should, you have great pipes. You can have been a I jock. You know that. I, you, you're going to have to call my agent because why you isn't know, he getting do, paid for this? Do he I, does do up voiceovers. Do you used I, to do that, didn't you, all the time? I still do it. Yeah. I've been doing voiceovers since 1985. I need a New York agent, by the way. Do I steal any <laughs> drum gigs from you? Do I take <laughs> drumming gigs from you? Believe me. No. I'm not working that much. <laughs> Believe me. That's why he's saying it. That's why he's mentioning it. That world has changed. <laughs> oh, yes, it has. Denny Sywell, Denny Lane, producer Andrew. I love doing this. Thank you so much for coming up. We Thank love you. you You're welcome here anytime. Oh, right. that's beautiful, man. Thanks. <laughs> Sleeping in the big bomb bed. Yeah. Sleeping in the big bomb bed, keep on sleeping.
sleeping in a big bomb bed. It's all the vocals you get out of me. Dun, dun, <laughs> dun, dun, That's what he played exactly. That. <laughs>